Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Good Friday afternoon and welcome into Grant and Danny. It's January 5th, 2024. Just after 2 o'clock, we are taking you all the way up to 6.30 today. RJ Choppy, sister station in Dallas, covers the Cowboys, joins us at 5 to scout the opponent. Danny, one last football Friday. Here we go. One last ride Mm -hmm. in the Rivera era, week 18, game 17. We have reached the finish line of what has felt like a never-ending marathon. (laughs) Seriously, what a strange ending this this all is. Because everybody now is talking about it like it's over. We've sort of been assuming, and everybody has, I think rightfully so, that this would be allowed to play out until the last game of the season, and then shortly thereafter he'd be removed and whoever else uh, gets the axe too. But it's everyone's so resigned to it. The questions are all about, you know, looking back and you know, Rivera's trying to defend his body of work, which is indefensible. But, you know, I understand why you try to do that. Just a strange thing. Because usually, like, when, they just, when somebody decides this is enough, that's the end. You don't get to come to work for another seven, eight, nine, ten weeks. And yet, here we are. Growing up, this was always about as sad as I got in my childhood. On the verge of the final game of the then Redskins season. Knowing that I'd have to wait nine more months, basically, to get another one of these. I always say we only get 16. Now the saying, I guess, has changed. We only get 17 of these. But maybe we could get 18 one day. I sure would like that. Oh, buddy. Let's add another one. But while I still feel some of that as a grown-up here, sitting in my 30s talking to you, Mm -hmm. that there's only one left, and then I'm just watching the playoffs for a little while, eventually the Super Bowl, and I got to wait months and months and months to go back and to smell the fresh grass at FedEx Field, and to be out and about watching football again in the fall with the burgundy and gold uh, coming out of the tunnel. I'm excited for it to end, too, for the first time ever, I think. Interesting. I don't remember feeling like this. Even when, like, the, the Bill Callahan season, which was probably as bad as it's been at, as a fan watching football for me, when they went 3-13 and in that final Gruden year when he got blown out after five games and then Bill Callahan tried to set a record for how many times they ran the ball down. He's just looking at his watch in the first quarter like, oh, I don't want to be here. And there have been other, like, the walls caved in on us. The the floor fell from underneath of us seasons. I think about the 2013 year with Mike Shanahan. That's the one for me. The other year where they lost eight in a row to finish a season. But even then, and I don't know why, I wasn't necessarily excited for it to end. Now it's about the future for me. It has been for weeks and weeks and weeks. I have, for my entire life, dreamed of a day where they would hire 
a football executive to be their general manager who's the most powerful person in their building. And for the first time in my existence, that will be the case within the next couple of weeks. I have always wanted a GM to hire a head coach and a head coach to pick a quarterback. And I think, Danny, all in one fell swoop this Mm -hmm. offseason, the Harris ownership group will officially take over and start making moves. A new GM will be brought in. A new head coach will be hired. And I believe they're going to pick a quarterback at number two. And the four most important positions in a football organization, the Mm -hmm. Mount Rushmore of allowing you to have a chance in one fell swoop in one offseason, they're going to have new potential and hope at every one of those spots. I have never, ever been more excited about an offseason. So bring it on. We got four more quarters to go, and then we start fresh. So it's interesting. There's a there's a distinction I want to draw. There have been four times since Stupid Snyder uh, bought the team and ruined everything where this, for me, just talking about me, old Randy Duye, a pudgy fan, where the season needed to end. Not that I was excited for it to end, but it just had to end. In other words, at the end of Spurrier, it's an embarrassment. At the end of Zorn, it's an embarrassment. The lowest I've ever felt, and it really broke me and changed how I feel about the organization, the team, and everything else, was the end of Shanahan. That was the most embarrassing thing ever. I've never been that low as a fan. End of Gruden slash Callahan, it needed to end. This is the first time, yes, it needs to end, but I'm with you in the fact that there's actually reason for excitement. It's not just another recycled Dan Snyder playbook where he comes down from on high, you know, says happy Thanksgiving, pretends to be embarrassed, and then doesn't make any kind of real substantive change, just hires a new white knight to, to pretend that everything is different, and it's never different. He was the worst. Thank God I didn't own the team anymore, and they were never going anywhere as long as he was in charge because he refused to do the thing that they're about to do that should have been a day one install before my nameplate's on the door. Who's my GM? Because that's smart. That's just what you do. They never did that because, again, he's a, an, 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 was an arrogant torp who I can't stand. But this is the first time, yes, the season needs to end because they're they're losing, they're not competitive, it's a joke. And also, there is reason for optimism. Not the fake one, not the they sell you hope every February right after the, the season ends and it's just enough time where the anger dissipates and they go, look at who we got, it's a new guy, it's a new thing. They're not doing that. This is now the real, honest to goodness, try to compete like the other good teams. Whether you do it or not, at least the process will make sense. Totally. And... When I've, a few different times over the last couple of months, taken to social media and talked about how excited I am about the possibilities in the future, I do inevitably hear from and get feedback from people who roll their eyes or are cynical and say nothing will be different or, you know, that they disagree. And that's fine. I'm not here to sell anybody. Your fandom is your own. Do Mm -hmm. whatever you want with it. I believe that because this is the most resilient fan base I think you could possibly be around. Like, you got all the way back in because they hired Jim Zorn at one point. (laughs) You got all the way back in because, you know, they drafted a quarterback in the fifth round that time. My guess is a new GM and a new head coach and a new quarterback are going to move the needle a little bit. There's a lot of work for this ownership group to do to return FedEx Field to being, you know, a home field advantage. Did you see that an odds maker basically said that they don't even chalk up home field advantage for Washington? Mm -hmm. There was a time not too long ago when a home team was given three points in the spread for being at home. And that's now no longer the case in most places in the league. It's probably two or one and a half. Mm -hmm. But the point is, when the commanders are playing at home, they don't add in a point and a half for Washington because they're at FedEx Field. Point being, they get nothing for being at home because there's no advantage. Because they're not better off for being there. That's a sad thing. 
this ownership group's got to figure out a way to fix that as best they can, and they can't just wait for results. Winning would fix that, but they've also got to make it harder for visiting fans to get their hands on tickets, mm-hmm. get as many seats as they can out of the secondary market. Like they got a lot of work and a lot of things that they're going to have to do. But what are the biggest things about this organization that people have hated or been bothered by or that have kept you from enjoyment? Number one is Dan Snyder. Mm-hmm. Gone, Gone, right? Harris is here. Number two is probably the stadium. It's not going to be right away, but there is a new stadium coming. Mm-hmm. That will fix itself in the next several years. Number three right now might be the name, honestly, if we're being frank. I think the name is going to be changed again. It's not going to be Commanders. Now, a lot of you don't want to hear this. It's not going to be Redskins either. That's just the reality we got to deal with. But maybe it'll be something that you wanted, whether that's Red Wolves or Red Hogs or the Hogs or something that is more historically relevant to this organization and isn't some random arcade name that nobody cares about. Uh, But I would add that to the pile Mm. of things that are changing. And then you just get to the actual football stuff, man. Yep. It it is hard to win, but this is not rocket science. Like, it's hard to get it right. But knowing what you need to do is different than actually threading the needle. In other words, like, I know how to lose weight. Doesn't mean I'm going to lose weight. It's hard. I got to make the commitment. I got to do the things. I got to eat clean. I got to work out. I... The work then has to happen. They've known for years over there how you have to operate to try to win, and they just weren't willing to put in the work to do it. Now they're going to. So going GM, head coach, quarterback this offseason doesn't guarantee anything, Mm -hmm. but you're going to have a shot. It's all I've ever wanted was a shot, and we are basically 48 hours away from day one of the rest of our lives. You know, we we are 48 hours away from a new lease on life as an organization. And there's going to be a few vestiges left of the Snyder era, but his last terrible idea will be washed away with a power washer. And I'm not talking about Rivera. I'm not being disrespectful in that way. I'm saying the coach-centric stupidness. Yeah, this nonsensical structure. Has ruined any chance that they had for the last four years. The way I was describing this the other day to... um, uh, my buddy, as we're walking our kids to school, he's a Giants fan. And, like, you know, just has lived in this area. So he's, by osmosis, you sort of figure out generally how people felt about ownership and the team and things like that. But I was trying to explain it to him. So it really was like this. There are 32 people lining up for a race. And it's really hard to win that race. You could be really fast and lose. You could you could be the, the fastest kid in your class, the fastest kid in your, in your in your subgroup, and you could get smoked by somebody that just happens to be faster that day. It's really, really hard to win this race. Now imagine you are also pulling a refrigerator. And imagine somebody's literally standing in your way. Now imagine you're wearing lead underpants. And imagine that you're actually in a tank of water trying to run that same race. That's what it was like having this ownership group previously try to play football. It's really hard. Again, the the example you and I use a lot, I, I know I overuse it probably, look at the Buffalo Bills. The Bills have done nothing wrong. I mean, maybe a personnel decision here and there you could you could quibble with or gripe with or someone they should have paid or didn't or drafted this guy or the other guy. I'm talking about in general. That is a smart organization, really good players, that has gone all in. And they've got nothing to show for it over the last several years. Nothing. They had nothing to show for it when they went to the Super Bowl four straight years with an excellent roster, excellent coach, excellent everything. It's so hard to do. You can't even compete with them when you did it the way we were doing it here for for the last 30 years. Yeah, the teams that are coach-centric, by the way, that have had success, first of all, I would say go back and look. 
a lot of them haven't had the success that you think that they have, number one. Mm -hmm. But for the ones that are truly successful, legitimately winning championships, like the Chiefs, they've got way more influential and powerful front office people and GM types than you think. You know, Veach in Kansas City has a lot to do with their success. It's not just the Andy Reid show. They've got assistant general managers like Tillis who are going to be hired as GMs mm -hmm. in the very near future in those organizations. You think about, again, coach-centric, the, the Patriots with Belichick. It did work for a while, no doubt about it. But he always had a GM that he really trusted and liked, whether it was um, more recently, I guess, you know, guys like Casario and then way back when. I'm uh, blanking on the other guy's name. He went to the NFL Network forever. Scott Pioli. Pioli, there you go. Uh, but there was always guys that were like his general managers that he leaned on. You need that. That structure didn't really exist here. It was Rivera's guy from Carolina, his boy. It was Mayhew who'd been the GM of a team that had lost all of its games at one point in time with the Detroit Lions. It was just a bad idea. Yeah, and you also have Hall of Fame coaches that we're talking about. With all the respect to Ron Rivera, you're not that. He's a 500 coach. Right. In and, his career. And on the nose. There, there, are, there are a lot of guys that are worse. But yeah, Belichick may be the best ever. Reed, one of the best of his era. In the top five all time in, in a lot of categories. And you see it, by the way, here at the end for Belichick. He's he's going to be out in all likelihood in New England because he's been so bad at that other part of his job. You know, the team building thing. He's over for the last four years, basically. And they've, they've suffered. How about this quote from Rivera today? Uh, I saw this from JP. I'm not shooting the messenger, but uh, JP, I want you to know that when you tweeted this tweet, which you should have done, you're doing your job. Yep. I got upset. Not at you. It's not your fault. I need to apologize to JP, too. Yep. Same deal. At the actual quote. So Rivera opened up in his press conference and said basically that circumstances forced him to take on too much of non-football stuff over the years. And his quote was, for three and a half years I've been managing. About the last five weeks I've been coaching. Now, mind you, they're 0-5 and they've been outscored by almost 20 points a game in those five weeks when he's been doing the coaching. Yep. 0-5 and, and they've... I mean, just borderline obliterated on average in those games. Just benching guys that were supposed to be the, the, the next big things for you. But forgetting that part of this, he said in his introductory press conference, the reason that he came here was interested in Washington. The reason that he wanted to be here was that Dan Snyder pitched him on running personnel, coach-centric, being in charge of everything. And as he's sitting here now on the precipice of his final game, in four years, he's saying, I had to do more managing. I didn't get to do as much coaching as I, as I would like. That's good a good lesson learned that he probably doesn't want to be a GM at his next stop. Uh -huh. I don't think he's going to have to worry about that because he's not going to get that opportunity. But Nikki Javala tweeted from Rivera on if he thinks he could have coached more instead of managed so much. Well, based on what I look at, what they plan to do, I believe it's really going to be a separation, meaning Washington's next plan, of coaching and personnel. I mean, it'll be separate, and that, I think, is going to be a really good thing. It's all I've been saying all along. Yeah. If only somebody had but said something. I don't know why it's frustrating to me to see that, but you came here to do this, and I guess now his point is, this is too hard. People shouldn't do this. And I agree with you. Yeah. Just looking at my watch here. What's the date? Yeah, it's only four years too late. Whoopsie-daisy. I, I just have no sympathy for that, honestly. I have sympathy for 
He dealt with the name change, well, hold on. a let me, sale, let me rephrase. You know, the, the cancer, like that stuff. Sure. But if he's just saying, I had to do a lot of GMing and not as much head coaching, yeah, man. That's what happens when you're the GM and the head coach. Right. Yeah. Sorry you took on all the responsibilities. The check's still cash, though, I'm assuming. You got paid handsomely for those things. You had a, an expanded role that you wanted, that you took on. You didn't want to answer to anybody. You had people answer to you. You were the the reason I and and you know a lot of people have have been annoyed at me or or whatever and I understand that like you're so hard on Rivera you're I'm, I've been harder on him than I have been on guys like Jay Gruden or, or somebody else that's because Jay showed up to coach football and coach football and then when they asked him a question about a personnel thing or this he would give his opinion everybody reports to Ron it's a it's a different set of expectations when your name is at the top of every list and everybody serves at your pleasure. There's more responsibility there, and you don't get at the end to go, man, it was probably too much responsibility. Whoa. <laughs> really? Probably was. Guy that shouldn't have had it in the first place. Oh, I just I, that that irritates me to no end. Yeah, what you just said there is probably, though, the most damaging part. You, know, you and I have isolated and really accentuated and driven home that coach-centric should not be the model, and I think we're right about that. Yeah. Coach-centric can probably work, though, if the person is super special. Like you were saying with Belichick at one point in time mm -hmm. as you know, one of the GOATs. Or, or Kyle or Shanahan Andy now. Reed or, yeah, something. If you are super elite and really, 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 really good, you might be able to figure this out. But if you have had 10 losing seasons in 13 years, and because they've been those three winning seasons were really, really good, you know, you're a 500 head coach on the nose going into your last game here, Probably not the best idea. Rivera was not a bad hire from the standpoint of you're going and you're getting someone that is well-liked, who the national media respects and reveres and is going to write nice things about at a time where the organization needed it. See the Astros going and hiring Dusty Baker, Dusty Baker when, when their ship was going down. It was not a bad strategic play. It also was a decent play in terms of trying to bring in someone who would Create a culture Stabilizing where force. You know, your head coach is a really good dude that people are going to like. There's nothing wrong with that. But you went and you got a band that plays a bunch of seven and nine music. And now you have 17 games. And they play seven and ten music for you. No one should be surprised by this. Yeah, they snapped a couple guitar strings here a couple months ago and they've been still playing. They're just going to keep <laughs> they're still, on. They're still strumming. Chugging along. I'm missing a C and D chord. I am curious about this fan base's feel going into this weekend. What percentage of the fan base, Danny, do you think is hoping that they secure the number two overall pick, even if it means the Cowboys win big and win the division? 65%. I think it's probably like 90%. I think it's almost everyone in the fan base. I hope. But I have heard plenty of people call in. I've seen plenty of people, social media they go, how could you possibly want the Cowboys to win the division? It's because I'm a grown-up. <laughs> and because I don't care as much about that as my team having a chance to actually succeed and excel moving forward. That's what's at stake here. A really good path and an opportunity to possibly being great sooner or maybe the Cowboys winning the division. I'm going to focus on the first part. But I would love to hear from people. Is anybody out there? Willing to say that you would rather the Commanders beat the Cowboys than secure the number two overall pick now that they're this close to getting it. 800 636 
106.7. Plus, we'll get into what the Harris ownership group needs to do to get a home field advantage back at FedEx Field. And we will look into, among other things, all of the games that matter from a playoff standpoint this weekend in the NFL. Just getting started on a football Friday. Hey, Grant, uh, before I send us to break, I hate to interrupt, but today is a special day, and I want to uh, set you guys up for that by letting you know, everyone, today is the 10th anniversary of the Grant and Danny Show. Now, technically, oh. it's tomorrow, but of course, since tomorrow's we're Saturday, not working we tomorrow, work, we're not doing anything. We're not working. So, we're celebrating today's uh, 10th anniversary of the Grant and Danny Show with a compilation of various friends of the show who have chimed in and wanted to send you guys congratulations. So coming in from breaks for the, for the remainder of the show, I'll be playing snippets from various friends of the show that have that things one. to say. Nice. And, and congratulations. And I'm going to start with this one here. Hey, Grant. Hey, Danny. Joe Theismann here. I think I might have been one of the first people to have the pleasure and honor to be able to do one of your early shows. It's been 10 years now that you've brought so much enjoyment to the D.C. area, to the uh, analysis of everything that we've done. And I got to tell you something, you guys are special. I hope you have another 20 years together doing this because you're a lot of fun to listen to and you bring some good information. Happy anniversary, guys. I'm psyched. That's <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I, I yeah, didn't even interrupt Joe Theismann. Like, you know what I mean? Because usually when, he, when he's on the phone with us, there's a pause and I start to ask him another question. Then he keeps going with the thought. That was perfect. Love you, Joe. You're, you're going to get me in my feels today. I appreciate it. Nice. You. Thank you, Joe Theismann. A lot Thanks. more to come for that. Thank you to the crew for putting that together. That's cool. Yeah, 10 years, Ten years tomorrow buddy. for you and I officially. It all started, I don't know if you remember this, with lunch at Hill Country Barbecue. I, was, I, I have a Twitter thread that I'm going to be doing tomorrow, exactly. but that's where it began. I believe it was the Saturday before. Yes. CK uh, got us together, uh, put the show together, mm-hmm. and we wanted to, he wanted to have a show meeting, to go over some things like a week or two. And he's like, where we should start. we do it? We're like, Hill Country Barbecue. Yeah, so we went and made barbecue <laughs> and talked about uh, what we wanted to do on the show. That was about 10 years ago. And the official anniversary of show number one, mm-hmm. the most important thing that's ever happened on January 6th. It is a, in D.C. especially. It's the number one significant <laughs> thing. Don't bother looking that up. But uh, very, very cool. So thank you. I'm excited. And uh, that's cool you guys are nice. doing that. Grant and Danny on the fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Hi, Grant and Danny. Dave Jagler here. Congratulations on 10 great years of radio together. I mean, you guys are a perfect pairing. You're a great show, and there's so many reasons why. You're informative. You know your stuff. You know your X's and O's right down to who the third string long snapper is. You're entertaining. You always make me laugh. You bring out the best in each other. 
And most importantly, you guys are an open book. As listeners, we know what makes you tick. We know your idiosyncrasies. We know your personality quirks. And that's what really makes your show special. When I think back on 10 years, to me, my most favorite moment of your show actually happened when you weren't on the air. I was on the air. And you know where I'm going. Houston and the World Series. You guys had the chance to watch the game from our broadcast booth. And our broadcast booth in Houston was located directly across from the press dining room. And when Danny paid for his dinner, he misheard what the dining attendant said. You know, the guy said, it's, it's all you can eat. And Danny heard, it's all there is to eat. And so he proceeded to have one of everything. And if you think about it, it's truly a spectacular achievement. For nine innings of pre-pitch clock baseball, he never stopped eating. It is a streak worthy of Cal Ripken. It's in the pantheon of sports achievements that will never be approached again. I was privileged to have been there to witness in person. And you were privileged to actually walk away from it, Danny. So again, congratulations on 10 years. Uh, A great 10. Here's to 10 more and 10 more after that. That was so good. Jags, thank you. Thank you, we Jags. appreciate you. Love you, buddy. Um, he was disgusted, for the record. He made it nice and funny. And, like, look at it. He was appalled. Like, he was distracted from calling the World Series game that he was calling. Correct. Because I was so gross. As, I was nervous. As soon as I heard his voice, the first word, when he said, Grant and Danny, I said, this has to end with him bringing up the time that Danny made him almost want to vomit yeah. while calling a So World Grant Series. looks at me and goes, he's going to talk about Houston. <laughs> God, that's so funny. Uh, very, very kind of you guys. Yeah, thanks, guys. You did not have to do anything special, uh, but we really appreciate it. And how about CK and the crew here coming through? We've got a delicious lunch today that they just surprised us with. Our friends over at Hank's Oyster Bar. What a spread. I did not know this was coming. Uh, I'm a Hank's Oyster Bar guy. For my birthday, this is totally true. This past year, the wife's like, what do you want? What do you want to do? And I said, here's what I want. I want to stay in a hotel, and I want to go to Hank's Oyster Bar. I want to eat oysters. I want to eat a shrimp po' boy. I want um, uh, the lobster roll. I want to leave so full. Point at one of the things in front of you. There are seven of them. Well, there's both. From. And I said, I want all that. And here's what I want. I, I said, look me in the eyes. I want no judgment for how much I'm eating. And she's like, no problem. And that's what we did. I love Hank's Oyster Bar. They've been serving up the freshest and widest selection of East and West Coast oysters, local coastal favorites. New England Beach Fair Classics to locals and visitors alike since 2005. Uh, But a delicious spread. Really, really awesome of them to take care of us today. Good friends of the station. That is cool, man. We appreciate them very, very much. So Hank's Oyster Bar. They got the brand new location over in Old Town. I used to go to the Old Joint all the time. And they've got, obviously, right out here on the wharf. Yeah, the DuPont, the wharf, Old Town. I think, uh, yeah, always a a great spot. Hank's Oyster Bar. Uh, So thank you to them for providing lunch as we are celebrating our 10-year anniversary today as a radio program. Uh, What When when you think back on the show, is there one like moment or one thing that stands out to you as being like, I don't know, the the thing that you... The most us? Well, I would say the thing that you want back. Like the moment that we make fun of, because you get joned on more than I do. Oh, yeah. Uh, But is there one that actually you wish wouldn't have happened? Come on, you know it. I don't. You know what it is. It's it, let's talk. Let's talk. Who's here? So that so that's of course the one seed. Uh, Jeremy, Jeremy Macklin, Macklin is is okay. probably one A. Yeah. The so the the me panicking and not having the dude's name written down. Channing Pool. Never forget his name. Yeah. Uh, now, but not having his name written down. I got how that happened. The me looking up real quick, trying to come up with a with a smarter answer, and it was just such a glaring mistake. The Jeremy Macklin mistake. That's worse to me than than it is. Than the other one. Like, the other one, I understand how it happened. 
the Jeremy Macklin mistake is, dude, you you were trying to pretend to be smart, trying to pretend to be cool, and it was a terrible answer. It was so wrong. That one like bothered me more, believe it or not. So there's actually a handful for me over the years that I still like. When you think about them, you cringe. Like, like an embarrassing moment in your life, you go, God, uh, I really did he that, bounce? That Shut up, Danny. Thank God. you, Darius. I was hoping that you would get my telepathy and play some of these. Uh, I was hoping that it was deleted. <laughs> oh, it's still very much in the <laughs> Oh, system. it's good. The computer um, survived. It, it worked out. Somehow these computers, by the way, that's the one downside. Can't play anything, but okay. if Danny messes up, we got it. <laughs> we'll, we'll never lose that. Touch all the hotkeys. Touch of one button. Did he bounce? Shut up. The one for me, though, that is just always going to be the one that gives me the worst PTSD, if you will, is it was like our second week, maybe. And we had Steve Berline on Not the show. Not Tasker. Whichever, I don't even remember who was actually it was, on the it show. It was Steve Berline. So we had Steve Berline on the show. And we thought, by the way, yep. we thought. But it turned out that it was actually Steve Tasker. No, it was the other way around. We thought it was Steve Tasker. Okay. And you started asking him special teams questions. And he's well, like, well, I hate to break it to you, but this is Steve Berline. I played so, quarterback. So <laughs> they, they both were being booked by the same woman yeah. at CBS. Yeah. And our producer at the time, our buddy AJ Atai, that's right, was going on to win a bunch of Emmys now at ESPN as one of their field producers for all their NFL content. He's an Emmy winner. He emailed her and he said that he wanted. We were looking for Steve Tasker. Tasker. And she said, "Yes, yeah, Steve's good to go at this time." Mm-hmm. And then she said, "Call Steve at this number." So we prepare for whichever Steve we had booked. Steve Tasker. <laughs> so I do this big bio about how he played for the Bills. He's one of the great special teamers ever. He made the Pro Bowl these years, all pro this year, whatever. His son's playing at some college. I don't even remember. <laughs> and at the end of what was, it felt like three minutes, uh-huh. but like a 30-second bio. Right. And I go, and he's on the BetQL guest hotline right now. And Steve Berline says, <laughs> I feel like so terrible thinking about it still. He goes, oh, yep. I don't know what to say right now, but. I think you guys, I think you guys think I'm Steve Tasker. I'm Steve Berline, and we're literally like on our fifth show. And I'm just think like I've never looked like more of an ass. <laughs> and I, I think I said, "Oh, uh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah." Uh, former quarterback with the Panthers. What do you think about Sunday's game? And, and turn the, you turned your mic off and looked like someone had just punched you in the mouth. That's the <laughs> one for me. One of those that I'm, I'm glad it happened because I think about it all the time. Well, sure. and it's hilarious. Yeah, but it's it's a, but, but it, that's an innocent mistake, right? That's one of those like who's that's nobody's fault. That's not, wires across. Yeah. To quote Charlie Slows, "I'll remember where you are, yeah. so you can remember where you were." Moment in Grant and Danny history. Oh man. The other thing for me, I would say, just that stands out when I think about all the years was the snow totals when we had a real court hearing mm. right here on Grant and Danny. On how much snow we would get, and then somehow <laughs> something got botched at National Airport. Yeah, the measurement stick broke, so they said, "We give up." <laughs> that was a lot of fun too. Uh, for me, it's Grant and Dave. Okay. The 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 team. This is this is just because we benefited from how petty and stupid and small and myopic. Yeah. The team was right. They were mean to us. They didn't like us. Yeah, we tried to get Bruce Allen on, and I'm not exaggerating. Let's say 45, 50 times with. The formal email and, and you know uh, written requests, and they'd said no every single time. And then one day out of the blue, on the morning that free agency started, Tony Wiley hits me up and says, "Do you guys want Bruce Allen on?" And we're looking at each other. What prank is we this? Go, 
Yeah, obviously. That'd be incredible. Well, because they were mad because Kevin was talking to Mike Shanahan. Right. So that's that's what got them pissed off. So Bruce calls, and we're like, it, oh, my God. Like, on the caller ID, it says, like, Alan, comma, Bruce. We're like, what is happening? This this Is this the same prankster that took down the man show? Pretending to be, like, but Tony, or the man cave, whatever it was called? Uh, Wiley, the PR guy at the time, had clearly written some notes there for Bruce to make yeah. him sound like a human being. So his big thing when he called in was going to be to be overly positive, like he's our buddy, and say good hi. pals. Except. What do he say? That he didn't quite know your name. Hello, Grand Dave. How are you on free agency day? <laughs> uh, you hate to see it. So, the little, little, you know, behind the behind the scenes. One of the things that we do all the time, and you probably, I'm sure you pick it up, is we re- use something called a reset, right? Where if you're just tuning in, you don't know who's on the who's we're talking to on the phone. It can be annoying. So we always, after a couple of questions, or we do it periodically. Well, you know, joining us right now, you know, Joe Theismann, Dave Jagler talking about uh, the Nationals, et cetera. I reset. On Grant and Danny, Bruce Allen with us here on Grant and Danny, I reset for every question from there on out to let him know that I know that you said Dave and my name's Danny. And that was one of my fa- – that that to me was was it. I think if you think he picked up on that, you're giving him way too much credit. Oh, I, I'm not, I don't think he did at all. I think he still thinks he went on Grant and Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what, a, what a time. Do you think he thought it was Grant and Dave when you cornered him at the Super Bowl? Probably. <laughs> Although the funniest thing about that was years later. Uh, our show essentially for a little while devolved into just like zinging Bruce Allen with winning off the field every day. Uh-huh. And then we find out from his wife at the Super Bowl when we bump into her and meet her that she loved the show. She loved the show. At least that's what she said. Now, she may have just been being friendly. But she also said you have to go on with them. Yes, she Remember did make come on with us. So maybe she just liked that we joned on him too, I guess. I don't know. We took shots. That was nice of her to enjoy the program, <laughs> at least according to her in the moment. She may have just been being friendly. Uh, G&D on the fan question for you guys at 800-636-1067 on a football Friday. Getting ready for Commanders-Cowboys. Final game of the Rivera era. If they lose, really good shot at the number two pick. Have you worked yourself into a mental place where you are not only okay with, but going to be excited by a loss to the arch rivals from Dallas for the first time? This is the fan. Grant and Danny, happy 10 years. This is Diana Marie Rossini. Remember when that was my Twitter handle? What was I doing? Why didn't you guys tell me to change that? Thank God we've all grown up. You guys have absolutely shot through a cannon towards success. You guys are a must listen. And I have to tell you, since I left Washington in 2014, there is one thing I have learned, which is the fans in D.C. are the best, and the voices weighing in on the teams lead the pack, and you guys certainly do that. You're the best at what you do. I listen. I watch. I follow along. I love you guys. Congratulations. Very, very sweet, Diana. Thank you. So when she was kicking it with us at at Junkies uh, summer dress parties and on the beat here. Amazing. Just a bunch of young people. Now she's a mother a couple times over and married, doing her thing nationally all over the place. That's that, that's, that's one of those like cool things, right? Where you you remember somebody before, and they're still super cool. You know what I'm saying? Like like her rocket ship to success started with a grind too on on the then Redskins beat. How many people are like, yeah, ESPN, I'm good, thank you. I'll go do my own thing. She is now. I'll write my own ticket, thanks. Whatever she wants to do. So thank you, very very nice. 
Uh, it is our 10-year anniversary tomorrow, so we'll be sprinkling that in as we go. But it is a football Friday on Grant and Danny. There is a game at FedEx Field tomorrow. And, Danny, it's one last ride for this Ron Rivera voyage. Let's get together and have a grand old party. First time anybody since 2000 has been 13-plus point dogs at home in back-to-back weeks to close out a season. There's going to be a countdown like it's New Year's all over again when that clock's <laughs> at 9, 8, 7. I just don't remember it being like this for the other times guys got fired. But the reason for that, I think, is it's never been more obvious. Like, they could have done this weeks ago, and they just kind of were trying to do right by him. But because of that, it has really created this countdown almost in a, a way that is sad for Rivera and the Marty party. Sure. Feels probably personal. Yeah, there are casualties them. in it, for sure. But this is about the future. It's not – I don't think anybody it, – there's not an animus. I, th- I think it's just about the chance for what lies ahead. Well, let's go to the phones. B is in Haymarket. What's up, B? Hey, guys. Congratulations. Thank you, buddy. Thank years. you. Thank you. You guys, you guys are hilarious. Um, first of all, I have quarterback PTSD going back to Heath Seward. And I'm scared to death that they're going to pick the wrong quarterback or do something crazy. That being said, I'm, I know I'm in the minority, but there is absolutely no way I can root for the Dallas Cowboys. I just can't do it. I, I, I can't do it. I was the kid that cried every time we lost, especially when they lost to Dallas. So, when, you know, second pick, third pick, fifth pick, eighth pick, I don't really care. I have faith in the organization that they're going to do the right thing. Uh, in the long run, and especially since no names have leaked. When's the last time you heard about the Redskins where, where no name has leaked two weeks before something happened? So, That's actually a really good point. Very good point it's by you. It's been buttoned up. Like, by now you've heard they like this coach or they're talking to this GM, and very little, if any of that at all, has come out, which I haven't mm-hmm. thought about, but that speaks to a very professional way yeah. that they're going about the end of this season. Uh, I'm not telling you to root for the Cowboys. You don't need to clap when Dak Prescott completes a pass to C.D. Lamb, and you don't need to cheer when they get off the field on third down. What I'm saying is don't be upset when they cross that goal line either. You just don't need to be angry or sad when they do well. On yeah, Sunday. that's the distinction. I know it's hard. It's complicated. But when Dallas gets a first down, you don't have to like stand up and clap and point that it's a first down. You don't have to do that. But just also don't worry about it. Leave that to the Cowboys fan sitting right next to you at the stadium. He'll be right there. There'd be enough of them. Yeah, the guy from Maryland with the Cowboys flags on his car, which is totally reasonable. Andre in Upper Marlboro, how are you? Good, good, good. I think what the problem is, most fans are just fans. They don't see it as a business. All sports is a business. And I think we win when we lose. Because <laughs> this season is a gone already. This season is done. If we win with the Cowboys at the last game, what do we win? Nothing for this year. So if we lose to the Cowboys, what do we win for the future? You're asking the right question. Yeah, potential. It doesn't guarantee anything. You if, got an if ally you, here. Yeah, you lose this one doesn't mean you you win the Super Bowl in two years. It doesn't mean you're the Eagles, but you got a chance now. And I, that's kind of the point. I did one of my dad jokes today that you hate. So I was out with my uh, – I was walking the dog, and Truman was riding his bike. We went to the little playground near our neighborhood. Uh-huh. We were walking back, and my uh, neighbor around the bend – uh, at his Cowboys flag out over his garage. Uh-huh. There it was, just blowing, flapping in the wind. It's right there. And I was like, God, that's weird. And I texted him. I said, hey, man, something's hanging from your garage. It looks really weird. I love that. But he was like unsettled, you know, yeah. as you would be. He goes running out. If your neighbor, and he wasn't home. I was oh. like, what do you mean? And he, 
I could tell with like his urgent response. I was like, actually, I guess I should just let him in on the bit here because he's probably going to leave work and come mm-hmm. home. Like, what is he talking about? Hey, one of my neighbors said there's something wrong with my house. I got to go. I said, That's a, it's a flag. It's got a star on it. He didn't like it that much, but, you know, good. No, but it's the right thing to do. Neighborly ribbing. You have to let people know that it's not right because you, you're, you're not from Dallas, dude. Dan's in Fairfax on G&D. What's up, Dan? Hey, Grant and Dave. How are you on 10th anniversary day? Die. Die. <laughs> I just want to congratulate you guys. It's something to be proud of. And I'm very proud to have been part of it, uh, singing my national song with Keith Elgin. Yes, sir. Meeting D. Hall and Clinton Clinton Portis at the sports complex. Thanks again, Grant, for helping me out on that. You got it. Fantastic. Uh, Happy 10-year anniversary. And I wanted to present a scenario to you. What if we're down 24-21 with like two minutes left and we got the ball? Do we take our foot off the accelerator? Because like Herm Edwards said, you play to win the game. Hello? He did say that. He did I, say that. I've got a saying I like, too. You play to get the second pick. <laughs> that, that's my saying. So if I, if they have the ball and they're approaching the goal line, it, I'm going to be honest for a yeah. second. And, like, let's say pick a Cowboys defensive back. Deron Bland. Deron Bland falls down. He just trips and he falls down. And our sweet little Terry catches the ball. And he's running toward the goal line. I think you got to tackle him. Like you personally, I think you got to leave the sideline. Right. I think you got to run out there yeah. and you got to tackle him. You got to tackle him. You got to say, Terry, I'm doing this for you, man. Love you, buddy. I want you. I'm so sorry. To catch a I'm pass. I'm so sorry. From a real <laughs> quarterback, man. I'm trying to help you. So, yeah, I think. I think I get kicked out of FedEx and not allowed to go back, but I think you got to tackle. Yeah, it's like the Stanford band and then Grant. Like, <laughs> like right. Hall of Fame bad moments. They'll make a 30 for 30 about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, listen. Thank me 12 years from now when Drake May is making his eighth Pro Bowl. None of the players should do anything other than play hard. This is their career. It's their livelihood, etc. Big picture. I don't have to root for it, right? Grant and Danny on the fan. The Hog Ownership Group has their work cut out for them, and that work starts in just a couple of days. That's next. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 